Hey, Mom, everyone else has toys. Why not you? Get yourself a freeze pipe bong or bubbler with just three pieces for easy assembly and even easier cleaning. Includes honeycomb inline percolators and a revolver glycerin coil. Pop the chamber in the freezer for an hour and get the smoothest, iciest hits. Visit thefreezepipe.com and use code PSM10 for a discount. No more coughing, champ. You got this. Hey, on today's episode, we're talking is weed killing people due to a sudden rise in CHS? Jim Belushi wants to get in on the Florida green. We interview Yarema, who has a weed brand that donates profits to charity and is doing major work for his home country in Ukraine. Enjoy all of this and our charming personalities on today's show. Hey, hey, so glad you made it. I'm Sunny D. And I'm Captain J. And, and we're, we're the Pot Smoking Moms. Hey, we're so glad you're here. If you like the show, please rate, subscribe, share, and just be friends with us on all of our social medias. Our website's potsmokingmoms.com. Just go there, look around, and uh, click things, click things, <laughs> like things, follow yeah. things. For sure. Uh, Oh, man. But uh, before we get this show started, let's have our regular smoke sash. I know I'm ready to sash. Yeah. So if you've got some stuff you need to get, now is the time to put those together because we are headed for a smoke sesh. What do you got today? What are you uh, smoking on, Ooh. Captain J? Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. I packed myself my freeze pipe bong here. Beautiful. You nice. see it's glycerin here filled. It's nice and cold yep. and i packed me a bowl of mochi gelato it's a slightly indica dominant hybrid hybrid mm, hybrid 60 <laughs> percent indica 40 percent sativa created as a cousin to the infamous mochi strain with sunset sherbet crossed with girl scout cookies parents perfect for a hybrid lover with the sweet tooth mochi gelato packs a mouth-watering flavor in fact it will have you flying high through levels of deep relaxation. Okay. I got this from our homie over at Miami High Life. Miami High Life. Local. There he is. If you uh, There's a QR code we're posting up. Tell him the pot smoking mom sent you. Follow that QR code. It'll take you to his telegram. When you join the channel, make sure you let him know that pot smoking mom sent you. Yes. Uh, I have life hack. So it smells so good. I got some beautiful buds to go with. This is a hybrid, hybrid again, <laughs> hybrid weed strain made from a genetic cross between Wedding Crasher and Jet Fuel Gelato. Life hack, life hack effects have been said to be creative, energetic, and focused. Medical marijuana patients often choose life hack when dealing with symptoms associated with anxiety, fatigue, and ADHD. Hmm. Life hack fever uh, fevers flavors <laughs> features flavors. It's been a long day, y'all. <laughs> life hack features flavors like gassy, floral, and sweet. The dominant terpene of this strain is myrcene, 
Life hack is a great strain to enjoy any time of the day as it'll make you feel inspired and alert. The strain also has relaxing and euphoric effect that can help you cope with stress, stress or anxiety. Nice. I'm using my I got life hack last time. Bubbler, yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Good. So you're yes. using the bubbler from I'm freeze using pipe. The freeze pipe bubbler. And Uncle Jesse, if you could throw up the QR code for freeze pipe as well. Oh, we got a code. No, yeah, we have a PSM 10, and you get a discount on a freeze pipe. You know, for longer, smoother, colder, colder hits. hits. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Nice and smooth. I haven't been hitting bongs a lot lately, so. Ooh. So pretty. <laughs> I hit the spot. Yes. Very nice. I'll take a little hit of that later. That tastes delicious. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, summer started and I am already crying my eyes out. <laughs> uh, I know you were on vacation. I had a great start to the summer. Yes. Let's get your update first. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm like already wanting summer to be over. It's day one. And it I just know. started. It just started, and already I'm overwhelmed. Uh, but you know, uh, it's just it's just the beginning. That I could probably get more overwhelmed later on. Uh, but no, it, it's, it, it'll be fine. Right. It'll be fine guys. Right. You just got to find something and keep the kids busy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, you just worry, you don't want to have them stuck on devices, stuff, devices all day. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, we went to actually just came from a birthday party. That's why I'm like, oh, today has been such a long day. Uh, we, uh, an old coworker of mine, I had a birthday for uh, uh, like a one year old birthday party at a like a little farm it's like a little farm uh it was really fun man the girls had so much fun they had a bounce house they were doing face painting they had a farm so where was that yeah it's that a ranch far. it's in no it's in davy it's like oh okay so like uh, yeah, ranch, those ranch uh yeah in the area Southwest it's all very like no davy's different but it's like a lot of western stuff in the area there's farms and uh, they had like a petting zoo. They had really pretty horses too, which I was happy about. Sometimes you pull up to these ranches and the horses be looking like hungry. Uh, but the horses were beautiful. It was such healthy a wonderful looking. day. Healthy looking. Yeah, there was a petting petting zoo. Did they get to ride any ponies? We, they anything? got to ride uh, this little train. It was so funny. Oh, it, it was a little like train, but they made it out of like plastic barrels. And they dug out the middle and then they put like foam around it to protect the edges. And then they put like metal bowls as like the steering wheels. It was like very fucking <laughs> DIY. DIY train. Uh, and it was hilarious because two. So I, these are people that I used to work with and I worked at this company for a really long time. So I became there's a couple of people that I got really close to. And uh, this, we're all stoners, too. A lot of them are also stoners, which is why I fit in that company so well. <laughs> uh, really smart stoners, actually. But um, I miss the days when I could reveal I'm a stoner at work. 
Yo, yes, it was wonderful. I mean, and I would, I, I still smoke with some of these people. It's great. It's fantastic. Okay. I, I would go to lunch and smoke with some of these people too, like on break, which is lovely. But, um, it was so funny because, uh, two of them, a mom and a dad, they were both freaking out because they were like, oh, I don't think this is safe. Oh, I don't like this too much. And I was cracking up uh because yeah it was like a ghetto rig it was like a yeah, yeah. homemade you know little but, <laughs> but the right little there. kids love that shit it was so damn cute i got it on video i was gonna i was gonna post the pictures i forgot but it was really cute they were like waving yeah like bye and then meanwhile the parents were like oh my god is this almost over you know like freaking <laughs> out but it was so much fun and it's i feel like Whenever we're able to relax at a party, like I feel like our kids catch those vibes and then they kind of go mingle. Because I think I was telling you before, like we had a friend had a party where we walked in and they were so comfortable. They just, you know, went into the thing. Mm -hmm. We went to a, a, a kid from her school's birthday party and it was more awkward, tense because we didn't know anybody yeah, either. Yeah. So it's just like really interesting to see the different settings and to see that like at the end of the day, the kids also really feed off of your energy too. Yeah. yeah. So what, however so you're feeling, they feel like they, they pick, pick up, up the vibes. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But we had lots of fun. I started asking them, like, you guys hiring? <laughs> <laughs> At one point I go to the, the, the mom that was with me by the trains. Um, I was like, I really miss you guys. Cause I just, do they all still work there? They all still work there. Yes. A lot of them. I'm pretty sure like most all of them still work there. And you left not because you didn't like it. I but left because on good you terms. were a new mom. Not I, new mom, but mom again. Ma and you was, it made yeah. more sense for you to be home right. and to be working cost wise. Yes, exactly. Insane sanity wise. Yeah. Well, first <laughs> of all, I had been there for a long time. I had like moved positions, you know, and then the last place I had ended started off okay, but then got like not so nice. The management was not so great. They've left. They've all left. But um, but the people back at the call center were the ones that I really bonded with, that I really got along with. But like, you know, you don't want to be stuck on the phone for the rest of your life taking care of customers. Like, mm -hmm. I really wanted to try to grow up in that, you know, company. But whatever, it was just time to go. But I would, I, you know, if it, I'm in a situation where I'm like, I need to go make money, man. Mm -hmm. So, but there, I would love to be around all those people again, just cause even just cause of them, I would yeah. work back there again because I have such a good relationship with all those people. Uh, but it was lots of fun. That's and, cool. um, and it's then nice now to here. see them again. And then yeah. do they like, do they say that it's still like the same dynamic at work? Like if you go back, you would know what you'd be expecting. Like it would be the similar thing or is a new management? We, have they said anything about no, well, how it's the are? same management too, because, uh, one of them was like, Oh, are you cool with them? And I'm like, I'm super cool with them. I, I didn't leave on bad terms. Mm -hmm. Plus I, I'm on better terms with the people in the call center. Not that I'm on bad terms at all with other people, but like I'm on way better terms with the other people in the call center than when I was doing phlebotomy. You mean you just get along with those people more when you say better terms? Yeah. And just like work well with each other, mm -hmm. too, because you can be put in another team to just to try to do something different. Because I, I, you know, I get really bored fast and I have to like constantly be doing new things and stuff. And, you know, and then it's yeah, it's just it's very very corporate yeah very micromanaged so that's another thing i don't like about it but the people that work there are 
fucking cool. top notch and diverse i love i love the diverseness of it you know you a lot of people you learn from each other yeah so but anyways we had so much fun today and um what about you you just came from a trip i mean you came back and we were we jumped on a live stream last night Dude, with two big I mean, girls talking about being <laughs> exhausted yeah uh we had a great start to our summer so Wednesday was the last day of school for Dade County. And so my son thought he was going to school up until Wednesday. We picked him up early from school on Tuesday. And then we told him and when he came home, cause I was home working, I worked a half day and then we <clears throat> left a little early. I left the office a little early, my desk to leave <laughs> to Orlando. <laughs> um, when he got home, we told him together. I'm like, yay, school's over, it's summer. And he was like, there's still tomorrow like you know i was like that's it we're not gonna go to school tomorrow we're going to disney and he's like for real <laughs> so that was exciting and uh disney's like pretty empty right now there's not a lot of people there really i mean well they're doing a lot of sales because not many people are going in the summer for one a lot of people are canceling their trips to florida for good reason because you know we're a shit show uh the climate here is very you know scary so people are not bothering to travel here canceling their trips to disney disney's offering great prices on tickets for residents um great discounts for pass holders right now like i was able to get 30 percent off the hotel and i was able to actually book a moderate like a moderate level hotel we always stay at the value like level. a disney hotel yeah like we always stay at the value oh, level so that, which you, is like that's the why you said you stayed at the coronado springs is that where you stayed coronado springs oh. yeah which is like their moderate level right below yeah. like their middle one and then it and goes up to their luxury so what, did it was you see really the difference nice. in like oh yeah you noticed yeah the difference. first of all it's less crowded the food court i don't know if it was just a combination of people not being there and it's just not, you know, they had it empty or they had, didn't have a conference going on or anything because Coronado Springs also has a convention center there. But the, the pool is nice. It has a water slide. It has like a nice playground by the pool. Um, the bus stops, like in the value resorts, there's just one transportation center that's like at the lobby, like main mm -hmm. entrance of the hotel. At this place, every like section of the hotel has their own bus stop. So like you just go downstairs and your bus stop is right there. You don't have to go very far for the bus stop. Um, you know, things like that made it nice, made it nicer. I've always it, wanted it to just stay at the Polynesian. The only thing that uh, when I asked Julia, I'm like, oh, what do you guys think of this hotel? You know, I think it's nice. But what he doesn't like is that it's not Disney enough. Like there's not enough. Oh, it's not too much to uh, characters and like, yeah, stuff. there's not enough. It's Disney more decorations. It's, it's not more so looking, playful, yeah. even though the pool was really nice. I had a cool slide. We had a water. I, we, we went down that water slide. I don't know how many times. It's the first time we actually used the pool at the Disney hotel because we usually don't have time. Yeah. But I was like, whatever. We chill at that water slide. I want to go down. It's good. You went <laughs> on the slide. Oh my God. I went down the slide like a million times with him. <laughs> Me and him went just over and over, over and over nice. down the slide. Nice. Uh, it was a good night after traumatizing my child that day. Oh no. Oh. I know. You had told us. So we went to Epcot and so we decided. Ride. We got the virtual queue for the new Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Cosmic Rewind. And that ride is awesome. It is really fucking cool. But if you're somebody that has trouble with screens and movement, you might not like it. Yeah. Um, There's a lot going on. Because it's a roller coaster that also has like screens around you, you know, because yeah, you're going at high speeds. Intense. Yeah. 
Um, there's moments where you're not going too high, but you, you know, you spin, like you turn, you go sideways, you go all sorts uh -huh. of ways. <laughs> and there's like a soundtrack on the ride and there's like different versions of the ride with different songs. Um, I don't know if the movements change with each song, but I know that there's different songs that you could get. Cause I heard people in the line talking about, Oh, last time I got this song. Oh, what song do you think uh -huh, we get this yeah. time? You know, like, and I'm like, damn. And that's the thing. I think uh, that movie specifically is like synonymous with the soundtrack. It's yeah, like very that 80s date, inspired. That, that tape deck tape, that he listens yeah, to right. all the time, uh -huh. which is the only thing he pretty much has from Earth is the music right. that he listens to from when he was kidnapped listening to it. And it's all 80s, right? Because it was his yeah, kid's music. Yeah, it's like 80s, when yeah, he was 90s. Kid. Like uh, the conga. The conga. Come shake it, but yeah, maybe do the conga. conga. That was a song I had my ride to, which was appropriate. I was like, Hey. But the whole time I was on the ride, like I was having a blast, but I knew that Julian <laughs> did not like that. So as yeah. soon as I got off, I immediately went to him and he was not well, not well. Let's just say not well. <laughs> he was bawling and bawling. I felt so bad. And then Johnny was like, that shit made me sick. That's not right. Sucks. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the only one that liked the ride yeah, here. Damn. <laughs> damn and then you feel guilty about I having have fun <laughs> yeah i was like man i'm i'm almost glad that they separated me from because he said i want to ride with papa i was like who are you gonna ride with he's like i'm gonna ride with papa and i'm like okay so and then when they lined us into the thing i was actually in a separate cart from them so yeah. i didn't hear if him crying you know like i wasn't like sitting right in front of him so your oh. husband was next to him then yes yeah and right before we took off i said hold on to him <laughs> like hold him it's gonna be fast and i knew he was gonna not like it like i yeah. hope he was there like the whole time like holding him oh, like making man. him feel comfortable you know that at least his dad got him you know yeah but he was bawling so hard after i didn't want to like him to dwell on it i was just like breathe i put my hand on his chest i was helping him breathe we sat down i was like we relaxed for a little bit i let him just cry it out and like snuck oh my god i felt so bad I felt so bad. I was like, that was awful. He hated it. Yeah. Hey, man, you're both going to remember that moment <laughs> for different reasons. Okay. I was like, you'll never have to ride that ride again. It is over. You'll never have to do it again. What did he say? Made Did he say why it made him? It's, some, it's too, fast. too fast. It was too fast for him and too many movements. Okay. It's super fast. You do all sorts of different movements. There's all sorts of visual things happening. And it's a roller coaster. No, there's there's no drops no. really. It goes down a little bit, but it's like it's not crazy. It's just sudden fast movements and to music and screens. Was Groot there? He was in the line, but during the ride, so much was happening. I really couldn't tell who the fuck was there. <laughs> who was it? The back of your mind, you're like, oh my God, the kid's freaking out. And then in the other mind, like, oh, this is pretty good. And then you're like, I love this song. <laughs> so many emotions at once. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. It was a great ride. I'd like to do it again with my friends and no child. Yeah. Next time we go to Disney, we're, we're doing that's that one ride. of the things that happened today at the party was like Jenny cannot do that ride. It's a roller coaster. Okay, <laughs> it's, a roller coaster. It, it's not like you can't mummy her on this one. Okay, I know. like uh, I feel I, I felt so bad. The mummy is one of my favorite rides in Universal, <laughs> and I really wanted everybody to ride, but people are like, "Oh, I can't do uh, roller coasters," and I always thought like 
I was like, well, it's kind of like a roller coaster, but it's not like fat. Like it doesn't do roller coasters. Yeah, stuff. it doesn't do upside down, big, uh, big drops. It was like so. Drops. I was like, yeah, this is not a roller coaster. Oh, it is a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, so don't ever let somebody tell you that the mummy ride is not. That's a essentially what happened to Julian for Cosmic Rewind because we didn't know how much of a roller coaster. It was. Right, this was we new to everyone. Yeah, to, we knew no, we did not know what to expect. Right, we hadn't ridden the ride either. So yeah, that was scary. That well, was my trip. Now we know. And then we drove back. And then I had like a couple hours to chill. And then we were on live with uh, Cupcake and Ray Ray, the yeah. two big girls. That was a lot of fun. That was lots and, of fun. I always have fun with them. I did not want to hang up. I did not want to go I know. home. I, I was just like, wanted no, to you keep... hang up. We were you like, ah, and they're like, okay, <laughs> I guess we have to end the show. It's and been I'm an like, hour. What? Yeah. Why? <laughs> it was awesome. I could totally hang out with them. We bro. should have Big them on time. our show again. Big it's time. been a while since the last time they were on. Yeah. We're trying to coordinate. Yeah. We wanted them to be on a live show with us, yeah. not just a regular show. We wanted like to do joint. Yeah. Whatever. We'll figure it out. We will. But if you want to check that interview out, go to Two Baked Girls. They're on YouTube, they're Follow on them. our they're Instagram. Awesome. Follow them. Uh, they're lots of fun. They're like our Canadian counterparts. <laughs> We're going to Canada. We, I, go I really want to go. I really do want to go to Canada. We love you guys. You don't have to convince us. We want to go see you. Yes. So I got to work on my passport. I got to renew it. I haven't renewed it. I do. I just oh, want. I'm good. I'm ready. I know. Yeah, you ready, girl? I know. That's why. I got I to gotta get, get them passport. for everybody. Does everybody in the family no. get the girls their passports? Yeah, I have to get everybody their passports. Oh, it's on the checklist. <laughs> Hey, if you've made it this far, please follow, subscribe on our YouTube channel. Yes. Drop a comment. Become a patron also for longer length episodes. I mean, you know, but first subscribe to YouTube <laughs> and then become a patron. You want to, you know, do we it might in the start right doing order. these live. So definitely subscribe. on. Yeah, YouTube. for sure. That way you get the alarm and then we tell you, shh, don't come in here. And then you come in there anyways. That's what happened last time. If you're a patron, we love you. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks too for being there for us when we need <laughs> a sounding board. Uh, we had somebody come in and or to watch uh, trash TV with me, right? Watch trash TV or like to, you know. <laughs> sometimes I'm very like petty, and someone on the internet will say something, and I'll get all in my feelings. But then I bounce the ideas off of other people, and they'll be like, "No, you gotta." thoughtful right <laughs> lauren help me be very craft a very thoughtful response because sometimes i just like want to be me and just, i just want to ignore it but i know yeah i know sometimes i'm just I, like why bother so yeah a lot sometimes a lot of times i ignore it but sometimes i'm like respect you know what i'm saying but anyways we love you patrons we yes. appreciate you hey if you can't be a patron though you can rate review or the show share our podcast you know tell a friend tell a friend tell a friend about this next segment because this next segment is fire News Nugs, where we get high and read the, the news to you. you. All right. So I was surprised by this headline and I was like, okay, we got to read this. Rise in fatal condition linked to marijuana usage syndrome 
causes severe vomiting and dehydration, and at least four people have died from it. So I have heard of CHS. Mm -hmm. I'm familiar with it. I have never heard of anybody dying from right. it. Right. I've known I people close to me to, to get CHS. Yeah, but not but not that bad. Yeah, that, that's they must have gotten extremely dehydrated. So cannabinoid hypermesis syndrome causes recurrent bouts of vomiting. Sufferers find relief from scalding hot showers, but some then suffer skin burns. Yeesh. Doctors have reported rising cases of a rare but fatal condition linked to significant marijuana use, which causes intense vomiting, dehydration, and abdominal pain. Daily marijuana smokers are at risk of developing cannabinoid hypermesis syndrome, CHS, which researchers warn can could become more common as marijuana becomes increasingly legal. It can be used recreationally now in 22 states. But how much weed could you be smoking to get? I know. Like, I wish these people would be like logging kind I, of. I feel like most of the cases where this occurs are uh, people eating um too many maybe edibles that are right too or strong, high yeah yeah or extremely strong concentrates like taking ex big dab hits or like Not a combination of both my or... friend who well i mean he does nothing but vapes but back in the day he would be smoking bowls all day i don't know he's not like a dabber guy well everybody's body's different i guess and yeah like, i guess you can over overdo your you know you kind of uh, your CHS? CHS? No. What? I'm having a blank. <clears throat> ECS, endocannabinoid. Oh, and yes, ECS, endocannabinoid system. <laughs> Brian Smith, 17, died in Indiana on October 2018 from dehydration due to CHS. Smith is one of four known deaths linked to CHS. The others are a 27 year old female, a 27 year old male, and a 31 year old. Yeah. However, there are numerous of cases of people with a condition being hospitalized for weeks. One woman from Boston who deemed herself an Olympic smoker spent Olympic more. Smoker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she must be. Spent more than two weeks in the hospital. Oh man. ER doctor Sam Torbati said CHS is a relatively unique condition that we see with patients who use relatively large amounts of marijuana at least 20 times in a month. That's it. Yeah, I know, right? That doesn't sound like a lot. Patients who suffer from this condition have reoccurring bouts of vomiting and abdominal pain. They're terrifically symptomatic and can get very sick. 20 times in a month. Come on. That's like ridiculous. They mean 20 way more than 20 times. Yeah, that's I don't know. That that's doesn't sound general, like a lot. Like, I don't. But that does also sound like, OK, 20 times. But what how much? And what like it's not very I do specific. It every day. It's, it's too general. Than 20 times, it's multiple times a day. Yeah. 20 times a day. <laughs> it's at least 20 times, times a, a day. <laughs> Shit. So CHS is a rare il illness that comes as a result of chronic and prolonged usage of cannabis. Hmm. Symptoms of CHS include extreme vomiting, nausea, dehydration, stomach pain, and in death in rare cases. God. <laughs> in the brain, marijuana often helps to prevent nausea and vomiting. However, in the digestive tract, marijuana it has the opposite effect and makes nausea, nausea and vomiting more likely to occur. Some doctors believe CHS is due to overstimulation of the endocannabinoid system, a network of receptors in the body that respond to comp comp compounds in cannabis. Dr. Torbati said he has been increasing 
he has seen increasing cases of CHS at Cedars Sinai Hospital. But diagnosing the condition is difficult. Dr. Torbati said there's no test that we could do. There's no blood test. It doesn't show up on a CAT scan. And I can't really show you an image to say that this is what CHS looks like. Mr. Smith, who died in 2018 from CHS, first went to the hospital with his mother, Regina Denny, to complain about severe vomiting and abdominal pain at the time. He had lost about 30 pounds in a single month. His mother, Regina Denny, told ABC News, the first time I noticed the vomiting was April 7th. He was vomiting so much that he felt tingling in his face and hands. Oh my goodness. He said the doctors took Brian ahead of me. I came in. He had IVs in both arms. He was on an oxygen. He was on oxygen. They said that the muscle contraction was an anxiety attack from the vomiting. They did say that he was dehydrated. His kidneys went into failure. Oh, that's rough. My, uh, Mr. Smith agreed to give up marijuana for 45 days, but when the symptoms did not stop, he got annoyed and began smoking again. <laughs> his death be, uh, came as a shock uh -huh. to his mother six months after his diagnosis. He said, Mom, I can't breathe. I rolled him over and my son was gone. Miss <sighs> Denny told RT. Six. Oh my God. Miss Denny said, I had to process that because weed doesn't kill you, but it did. She added, I don't want another family to go through what we oh, have. It's awful. A Canadian study found that CHS related ER visits shot up 13 fold over seven years between 2014 and 2021. Commercial sales skyrocketed in Canada, as did the choice of cannabis products on the market. Dr. Torbati said, More research is essential. He said, we became more and more aware of this condition because more and more people are now using marijuana products. They now have far more THC, which they believe is a main chemical com uh, compound responsible for this. In America, cannabis sam uh, samples seized by the DEA showed that potency tripled from 4% THC in 95 to 12% in 2014. The ratio of THC to CBD also increased from 14 to 80 times greater. Oh my goodness. Chronic cannabis use raises the risk of major depression, bipolar disorder, and psychosis by up to four times. Hmm. Chronic cannabis use, sorry. <laughs> Chronic okay. cannabis use significantly raises the risk of mental health problems and personality disorders, a major study suggests. What's the major study? I wish they would say. Right. Well, I mean, if they have, um, if this is from the Daily Mail. Yeah, Daily Mail. Yeah, they will have um, a link. Yeah. For years, marijuana has been used recreationally and medically to treat chronic pain and nausea. But for some, it causes the opposite, which is why the condition is sometimes misdiagnosed. Erica Hagler, 38, from Boston, said she used to be she used so much marijuana that she thought of herself as an Olympic smoker. She walked around her house with a bong in hand and would even wake up in the night to have a drag. Hmm. Ms. Hagler first became sick in August 2018 and told ABC, I ended up in the hospital. I was there for two and a half weeks, constantly vomiting. Oh, my goodness. She told Salon, I could not stop vomiting or shaking. I was getting to the point where I couldn't walk because I was so weak. I lost 30 pounds in three weeks. She said they tested me for everything else underneath the sun and they couldn't find a diagnosis. Ms. Hagler did her own research and came across CHS. A doctor confirmed her diagnosis and she gave up marijuana instantly. She said, once I knew it was killing me, it was immediate. But for most people, it's not that easy. Ms. Hagler started a Facebook support group for those recovering from CHS, creating a place to share their symptoms. Many in the group suffer horrific burns from scalding hot showers as the water relieves CHS system, the CHS sy symptoms at least temporarily. 
Oh my God. So you would just sit in a scalding hot shower just so you can uh, not yes, probably be the vomiting? Steam, the steam probably helps in the shower. But do you have to be under the water? I don't like know. If they're burning themselves, they have to be under the water. Right. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. One poster said during my last episode, I spent hours and hours in the hot steamy shower through the course of about 10 days and I used such hot water and I wasn't there so long that I scalded my back and ended up in the ER. Oof. Doctors believe that when THC and CBD bind with certain receptors in the body over and over, it can set off serious nausea and vomiting. It's thought that use, using high heat might trigger something in the same receptors that help symptoms. CHS has no cure, but doctors say patients must give up marijuana. Dr. Torbati said patients will say, well, I stopped for two weeks and I didn't get better, so it must not be this condition that you're labeling me with. And we educate them and say, really, you're going to need to stop for months. So yeah. your friend had it like and they yeah. had to. Th did they smoke ever again? Or did uh, they... Oh, he still smokes. He yeah, because sometimes he got better and then he started again. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, and I've asked him if it came if it's come back and he said no. Um, That's but insane. I can't uh, imagine yeah. overloading your ECS system like that where you're like. Puking. Just puking. I, I mean, everybody has different ECS. You know, right. Like it's so different tolerance, tolerance levels. For, yeah, and, levels exactly. But I mean, maybe this is like a really good reason to show that, you know, you should have tolerance breaks. Use. You should be responsible. responsible use. You know, I've actually been like trying to like cut back. cut back a little bit, be a little bit more mindful. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, you just... It feels like you're just like, oh, yeah, it's like a smoke break. Like, oh, I'm going to take a little break, you know? Yeah. But sometimes it's like, My well, break is like, let me see how long in the day I can go without smoking. Yeah, right. And I'm like, oh, I went almost a good amount of the day. All right, I'm going to smoke right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I went all night and a good half over half of the day. Yeah. That. <laughs> I went to work a whole eight hours. I'm good. Let's go. You know? <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, we now, love what? Oh, I was gonna say now for our next seven. <laughs> yeah. and you're going with the same thing, yeah. but in a different way, right? <laughs> so let's let's get to that next segment. Yeah. I love you, Miami. And we I should gotta, try to get him uh, on the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. What? But what I, do you think would happen? You think he smokes weed? Oh, hell yeah. Probably. He probably does coke. Oh, my. I don't even think he, he probably does <laughs> straight up coke. Uh, Coca-Cola. No, no, not Coca-Cola. I, I got to bring this up because in the intro to I Love You Miami, there's a huge cruise ship and like it's a big thing here. I know you didn't add it to our stories for local. Oh, I forgot about that. But it's been we've been talking about it on so on Instagram, on our Instagram. Um, uh, um, an article came up where Carnival Cruise Lines like now cracking down big time on like sneaking in alcohol. And then like they're getting like drug sniffing dogs because they're trying to get people to stop. Bring bringing weed. weed too because people be complaining and stuff but like another reason not to go on a cruise yeah but look uh, i'm not a big fan of cruises and i'm not saying this as someone who's never been on a cruise i've been on a cruise i've been forced to go on a cruise growing up probably like about two three times and once as an adult and the last time as an adult i was like yeah i don't think this is like i'm never gonna do this fucking shit again but it's pretty terrible um but 
now they're super cracking down but really that should just be a sign to you to just like not do it not do it it's so bad for the environment yeah that's why you know? i feel guilty is how bad it is for the environment the amount of energy it uses the dumb things in the ocean like it's, it's just it's like that's what i feel it's a petri about. dish too man people are just on top of each other i feel terrible for the people that work on the ships that are having to be stuck on the ships for a long time i don't know a maritime rules it lends itself to like very shady practices our friend Liv Vasquez. They go by the. They go by the, about them too. the laws of whatever flag that they, they ride, and like they don't. They, re they uh, report. So it's usually not a U.S. flag. Yeah. So just wanted to like throw Countries that in there. Where, in the conversation we're a little in there. more laxed on things. Right, and it's like very convenient for them. So I don't know, man. I'm not a really big fan of those. I've just big... always wanted to do a Disney cruise. I just again feel about guilty about the. Just go to fucking Japan. I don't. This is what well, Disney is in Japan too, right? Yeah, I want to do that. Just go there. I want to go to then Disney. That's cruise. <laughs> it's just that air, that flight. Oh my god, I want to go to like Japan and Thailand and all these places. And I just the flight. I wish I was like rich enough to get the flight where you can like lay down. Oh yeah, like, no. Where right. you have your own little like. Yeah, just bed. chilling. If your little if you're space pod. On, YouTube, on a little space pod. <laughs> You have your little man. That shit's too fucking expensive, though. But the story that I picked, apparently, actor, cannabis farmer Jim Belushi wants to tap into the Florida green. Uh -huh. According to Jim, green takes away the blues stemming from his brother's death. Florida's medical marijuana market could be going Hollywood. Actor, comedian, and cannabis farmer Jim Belushi wants to be a player, player in Florida's growing medical marijuana marketplace. <clears throat> Belushi is the owner of Belushi's Farm, one of 74 entities that submitted a licensure application to the Office of Medical Marijuana Use in the Florida Department of Health. While the state has posted the names of the 74 applicants on its website, it has not yet released redacted applications for the public to review. Belushi, who made his film debut in Trading Places, has operated a 93-acre marijuana farm in Southern Oregon since 2015 when weed became legal there. In 2020, Discovery Channel premiered the reality series Belushi's Farm. It's now in its third season. Oh, Belushi told Discovery that while farming is fulfilling, he still enjoys a performance spotlight. So it was natural for me to bring a camera to the farm and discover a show around it, I'm he said. I'm going to have to watch that. Belushi's older brother, John, was an original cast member of Saturday Night Live who died of a drug overdose in 1982. Jim Belushi says uh, marijuana relieves his post-traumatic stress disorder, which he attributes to his brother's death. Jim Belushi also has said he doesn't think his brother would have died from a mixture of heroin and co cocaine had marijuana been legal. Belushi's farm products are available in Oregon, Massachusetts, Maine, Pennsylvania, Nevada, Arizona, California, New York, and Michigan. Jeez. According to the company website, yeah, I mean, he'll try to get his. Now he's weed trying to get Florida. Exactly. According to the company website, the product will soon be available in Colorado, Mississippi, New Mexico, South Dakota, Missouri, and Illinois. Ooh, everywhere we, they got weed, Belushi wants to be there. Trying to get Florida too. So, as you all know, Florida voters in 2016 approved a constitutional amendment legalizing marijuana for medical purposes. The state ultimately set up a vert vertically integrated licensing program allowing for marijuana to be grown and dispensed by a limited number of producers and vendors working together. 
The state announced earlier this year it was awarding 22 additional medical marijuana licenses and would be accepting applications for those permits over a five-day window in April. Along with the application, interested parties were required to submit $146,000 of non-refundable fee to the state. That means the state received $10,804,000 for the April 2023 batching cycle. Damn, just to get applications in that are non-refundable, this doesn't guarantee shit. And they Florida just got $10 million because these motherfuckers want to try to get in the market. That's it. And they're only going to approve, what, 22? There's only 22 licenses. That's crazy. So while they may not have the high profile of Belushi's farm, there are some other recognizable applicants. Esposito Nursery is a well-known one-stop shop in Tallahassee where people can purchase everything that's needed for lush green lawns and gorgeous gardens. Esposito Nursery also offers landscape services. And they want to get into weed? <coughs> they might as well. Mm -hmm. Ralph Esposito and Nancy Esposito partnered with five other people and submitted a medical marijuana application. If approved, it would operate under the moniker Farm Fam LLC. Tallahassee physician Mark Moore founded MedCan, which, according to the website, is the first medical marijuana doctor's office in the state. Moore applied for a medical marijuana license under the name Capital Cannabis. Also included in the 74 applications are three black farmers who previously applied for medical marijuana licenses and are currently in litigation against the state. Shedrick McGriff, FTG Development Inc., and Charles Smith. The legislature this session passed uh, State Bill 372, which would award those farmers and others who are not currently in litigation licenses. But the bill has not been sent to uh, Governor Ron DeSantis yet. There's also speculation uh, that Governor may veto the bill. Of course he would. As of June 2nd, uh, wait a minute. As of June. June 2nd, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. As of June, 2 mil, 2 million. No, as of June 2nd. Okay. As of June 2nd, 822,818 patients. So many numbers. And, and I think in Florida are qualified to use medical marijuana and 2,480 physicians are certified to order it. So we're, we're at over 822,000 patients now. Yeah. It's growing steadily. It continues to grow. Is there more to that? No, that's it. That's the end of the story. Oh. <laughs> You're like, okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, was all right. I was talking about how many patients there are now. There's a lot. Yeah, there's, I know, and they're trying to get that shit legal. A lot of people want to want to see that, want to see it on the on the ballot. I just hope that you guys read around it and about it, and then decide it's like gonna, is that the way you really want it. It's still not approved yet, but right. it's probably going to end up on the ballot. And we, as we know, it does not include homegrown. It does not include social equity. It does not yeah. include. It's pretty basic. Call for more licenses or whatever. They could make more licenses open, but. So, yeah, we'll see. I guess we'll see. Hey, so we have an awesome interview with Yarema on today's show. Yeah, so uh, I actually ran into a video, a funny video of him on a scavenger hunt, finding his weed while he was in Ukraine. And you've seen him a lot longer than that on social media. Yeah, this I was, is the first I time he him. appeared on 
on there for me on my yeah. page yeah he i remember him from back in the day he was uh very into you know stoner culture like that picture of him with the with the joint he would be he would smoke out of like random things yeah like you, you know like very light uh fun content that he right. was releasing all these really cool joints that he was rolling and these different things contract you know like yeah products but when i found him it was with this organization that he is now doing a uh, charity work out in ukraine so uh i didn't even know about that side until i checked out yeah. his page further mm -hmm. So uh, let's show that TikTok video because we do talk about it a little bit on the interview where uh, I encountered him. Okay, so if you want to buy weed in Ukraine, you have to order it on Telegram and then they drop it off somewhere in the fucking woods and you have to find it. It's like a scavenger hunt. So today is day number two of looking for that shit. I was looking yesterday and couldn't find it. So I'm just literally here walking in the woods. They sent me a couple pictures of the tree that it's next to. So I need to find that fucking tree. All right, all right so I, I think I'm in the right spot. That's the fucking tree. So I'm back in the woods because I didn't find it yesterday, but I already paid for it. So I fucking need to find it. But back on the scavenger hunt. <laughs> I fucking found it. It was buried here. I found it. The gold. Holy shit. What a fucking process. <laughs> I saw that video and I was like, I shared it on the discord. And I felt like that's insane. Quite a process to get which he goes into a little bit further and it's very well calculated uh but interesting process nonetheless so we talk about all that in the interview with him so enjoy it yeah here it is thank you so much for joining us i know that it can't be easy when you're on the other side of the world um i actually encountered your account on tiktok when you showed us the scavenger hunt that you were on in the woods to find um you know your cannabis that you purchased out in ukraine and uh, then i stumbled upon you know the rest of your accounts and i realized what you were doing out there and i was like this is absolutely amazing and our audience needs to hear all about it so i'd love for you to tell us about um the trava company how you started it how you got into cannabis you know tell us about about yourself how i got into cannabis i mean i would i always say that i had um I split my cannabis career into two. Um, there was my for, like my career in cannabis before COVID, and then my career in cannabis after COVID. I mean, after COVID, it, those are like two completely different careers. I was definitely more on the business side pre-COVID. Um, I was in I was in charge of a couple of delivery services, even owned my own in the Bay Area. But after COVID, I don't know. I just started posting on social media what I was doing, especially since we're all in the pandemic. And uh, people really started to respond to that. And so that's how I got into more of the, um, like the, the front facing side of cannabis where people like know your face and like you're endorsing products and things like that. And so when I got to that, it took me about a year to be like, you know what, influencing quote unquote is cool and everything, but I, I want to do more. I wanted, I am capable of something more and I, I want to do more. So that's when we started the travel company. Um, and the travel company, it means grass, travel means grass and grass literally grows all around the world but it's also um it's like a, it's paying an homage to weed as well but those are those are the two reasons that we chose trava because literally you find grass everywhere you go and because it has something to do with weed and so when we first launched trava company it was travel company and every strain that we had we had three strains that we launched with we had sticky menage roe v haze and kiev smog and all of those strains, they were our own proprietary genetics. We grew them. We um, we grew them ourselves. We tested them ourselves. And like what I mean that they are like 
private genetic can't even tell you the strains that were crossed so the strain names were sticky menage kiev smog and rovi haze and each strain coincided with a different foundation so rovi haze um is and that's clearly uh about abortion right so and when someone bought the strain when someone bought our strain rovi haze we donated 10 percent of the proceeds from that strain to the national network of abortion funds um yes and so for sticky menage um sticky menage just paying homage to Nicki minaj um, and so what we did when someone bought that strain, we donated 10% to save the music foundation. Awesome. And then Kiev smog being the capital of Ukraine is when someone bought that, it would be, we would donate it to, um, different Ukrainian organizations that are currently helping with the war. Um, and I think to be honest, a lot of what we were doing to travel, what we were doing for travel company then was to get to where we are now. We always, me and my business partner always had the mentality of giving back first and we want we know that i mean I, w- I wouldn't say that we know but like our vision of growing the cannabis community um and growing and making cannabis mainstream is by is by connecting different communities together so the way that we're looking at it is like if me buying an eighth weed is paying for your daughter's violin lesson you really can't be that mad at me you know what i mean like we're all it's so we're all like trying to find different ways of giving back but the cannabis community has this, um, they, they give back to themselves and that's great. You know, you always have to support yourself from within, but there's only so many foundations that every single brand can donate to. So when you start reaching out to different foundations that are, that really have to do with what you, what's near and dear to you, but also not just weed, it will find a way to like bridge the gap for other people who don't even smoke weed. As I tell everybody, literally, we ran the analytics on my Instagram page, and about 25% of the people who follow me do not even smoke weed. Wow. That's like 20,000 people that don't smoke weed. They just follow me because they like the content. So really, what it was meant to do is it was meant to bridge a gap before um, a gap between your regular consumer and then the stoners. Um, I would say... <clears throat> Now, what states are your products available for purchase? Like, where can California. our audience buy your weed? <laughs> California, Los California, Angeles, Los Angeles, and the Bay Area specifically. But now we are, as you saw on our website, we are not travel company anymore. We are travel foundation. So we changed. We completely overhauled our business model, and instead of just donating ten percent of proceeds, we decided to take everything that we have and donate those proceeds. So right now we are a 501c uh, nonprofit foundation. So that means nobody in our business is making money and every dollar that we make is going towards another another um, foundation or it's going towards the foundation that we're building. And that's part of why I'm here in Ukraine right now, um, <laughs> which that's is- That's absolutely amazing. It's Instead of corporate cannabis, it's like cannabis for charity or cannabis, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. So what exactly do you guys do out there with the money you make from Trava? So right now what we're doing is I'm in I'm in Ukraine. I'm in Lviv, specifically the city. Um, And I've been working with two orphanages Uh, right now. We are the orphan. As you guys saw on our website, we are creating a dental fund to get these to have these kids like restore their teeth because they're not great. I don't want to get into that because I'm not bashing anybody, but you know, so there's a dental fund and then we're also working on restoring the building. Um, this one orphanage that we're working on renovating is the building hasn't been touched for when I, when I was in that orphanage, it was a dilapidated building and it's still like 
so unsafe. And these kids are playing around, and it's like these stairs are gonna fall. It's these they're like pipes and drains hanging, and like when they're eating, there's like leaks coming through the roof, and it's so unsafe. So that is what we're using now. That's what we're doing with our funds. We are helping rebuild and basically give these orphanages more head start. What we've realized right now in Ukraine, which is completely tragic, is that um, they're losing a whole generation of people. They're losing people that are my age. Um, they're losing, yeah, they're just, it's a lost generation. So what you can do at the moment, if you really wanna give back and you want to help is you have to raise the youth to be able to carry the weight the generation that's lost um <laughs> and being here it's a really surreal feeling um seeing because it's not just like it's not just saying yeah it's a lost generation or no, you can see it you can you can feel the impact um and so it's that that is what we're working on we're trying to give these kids more of like a um more, more space to grow but give them the ability to be able to rebuild their country as well you know you can um you can go fish. I, 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 never mind. I'm not going to say the term because I already fucked it up. <laughs> I already fucked it up. I'm sorry. It's just uh, this whole thing being in Ukraine. It's um, emotional. It's emotional, but it's like, I don't, I don't think uh, it's not, it's not like an experience that I don't think anybody in America has really experienced. Of course not. We've never lived in, in like a war zone, like where things are crazy, things are happening around us at all times. We've been very separated from that. So we're very sheltered from that environment. Yeah. So I can only imagine. And it's just like, a, it's like living with a perpetual anxiety. I like to say it's like being, you know, when you're in flight or uh, flight or fight mode, it's constantly, it's you're constantly in that. It's every single day, every single moment. But the lucky why I'm fortunate is because I, I have a US passport. I was born in Ukraine, but I have a U.S. passport, so I'm, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to flight. But everyone around me, they're they're in that fight, fight or flight mode, but they can't do either. And that is the part where it's like it's really, it's really tragic. And it's like everybody is trying to live their most normal life, and in that facade of normalcy, you can really just see everything's falling apart. And I just like to me, I commend everybody around me for like literally keeping their shit together because I I personally have a hard time being here it's 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 a lot and it's not just like and yeah it's like it's just like it's it's not it's it's nerve-wracking to not know what's going to happen tomorrow it's it's nerve-wracking to know that the work that you're doing if it's i don't know if it's making an impact or anything like that you know what i mean it's uh yeah i mean well i think it is i think it's a huge impact i think that the the, the fact that you're there alone trying to do what you're doing it does make a difference it's hard to see it in the scale of things because you know it's pretty huge you're making a difference to those kids and those orphans absolutely absolutely that's and it's so important to tell everybody about it because they need to know about it and not only that I, if we're so sheltered we need stories we need you to come back and give us the stories so that we're aware and so that we can also contribute to other countries and uh and friends a, of ours you know there's a lot of americans here that want to help they don't you know they want to give what they can. So, and you could buy weed and it helps <laughs> and it helps an organization. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a, that's a really good uh, strategy there. Yeah. People are going to buy weed anyway. And <laughs> yeah. I would much rather be buying weed from somewhere where the money goes to help people than it just be lining the pockets. Yeah. Of what better way to be stigmatized than to show people like, Hey, uh, oh yeah, we smoke weed, but, uh, contrary to all of the shit you guys were talking, like 
we do we put our money where our you know where our mouths are yeah i mean another thing that i really want people to really understand is especially in a country like ukraine like with my my family and my ancestors and there's not been one generation in ukraine that has not been affected by russian aggression there has not been one generation in ukraine who hasn't lost a family member or a friend to what's going on by russia and i don't mean just by the war now i'm talking about 10 years ago 20 years ago 30 years ago there's always been a conflict with ukraine and russia and i'm telling you every single generation has in ukraine has had a deep and wounded impact by the russian government and so it's like when you when you're walking in these streets and you're just seeing people just trying to be happy but they don't it's it's like reaching at a point is like how how hard can you try for something when you realize it's not going to happen you know what i mean i i feel like we're getting to a point where ukrainians are they're not giving up on everything but you could see that they are battered you know they're yeah they're they're broken and they're trying to they're really just trying to get through it and that's part of the reason why like i'm here as well you know what i mean because i want to show that there is there is hope there there are people out there that really that they really do care and people who it's it's not even just that it's also i want to show people and stoners that stoners <laughs> it's like i i want to show you guys that if you want to make a change if you want to be an impact if you want to be a positive force in this world you can do it it's literally it's it just it all matters depending it depends on how much you want to do and how hard you want to do it you know nothing's impossible but it just i think we have like this not even just the stoner community in america we have this like ideology of just being complacent and content with what we have we all want a simple life we all want to like we want to have a happy family we want a comfortable life but nobody really thinks past that and they don't really think mm -hmm. that the comfort that they have that the comfort that we have in america it, to us it's like a it's like a god-given right but around the world people are fighting for that and they're fighting hard and when you come to a country like this where you just see the older generation and then you see the gener our our people our age just being slaughtered and then you see these kids who imagine growing up in a war zone imagine growing up and it's just like it's it's, a, it's just like they don't have a um i went to like their bomb shelter the other day and it's seeing that is that is kids should not be sitting in a bomb shelter <laughs> they shouldn't and there's like there's no way to there's no like there's no, no positive way to like phrase it right oh yeah it's fine it's for their safety but they should never have been in that situation yeah yeah it's unfortunate that you have to have bomb shelters but it's like ukraine what people don't remember is a third world country so your bomb the bomb shelters i don't even know if the u.s really has any bomb shelters but like the bomb shelters here in lviv especially lviv is one of the oldest cities in in ukraine it's like a thousand years old it's a very old city the infrastructure is very old. A lot of these bomb shelters are just like the basements underground. Yeah. And when the building collapses, they're fucked. They're stuck down there. Yes, I know. That's awful. So that's, that's awful. Yeah. That's kind of like I'll say that I just it's 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 definitely this is definitely bringing like a different appreciation to life. You know what I mean? But it also it's, dude. If I could. Uh, <laughs> If, I, if weed was legal in Ukraine, oh my God, I would I would really just be handing out weed to everybody. That, 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 
It can definitely help I'm with that PTSD sure. that everyone yeah. is enduring right now. Like, like I would just be handing it out because it's honestly, it's everybody. It's I don't even want to condone anything like that, but it's everybody. It's hard because I think everybody needs something at, at this point. It's like your your vice, your regular vices of just like smoking tobacco or drinking because that's what they do in Ukraine is that's not Drink. that's not enough anymore. Like I have some friends here. And he was literally telling me, like, he just got married a couple of weeks ago, but he was literally telling me that now after the war started, he can get drunk, he could have a good time, but for him, it's like impossible to dance. And he used to love to dance, but now it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. Try like, how can I dance when so much is happening around me right now? Exactly. And sometimes, like, you got to, like, even if you don't want to dance, I would say just get out there and make your body do it. Because I mean, it's infectious it's gonna, too, it's right? Gonna, yeah, it's going to help. It's you. therapy. If it's something you used to love, it'll remind you of a time when things maybe weren't as hectic. Man, that's rough. Yeah. What What are the cannabis laws out in Ukraine? Obviously, it's super illegal, right? Like, how illegal is it? Like, how big in trouble could you get? Like, jail time. I mean, but they're more concerned about uh, if you have, like, more than three grams then get some job like distribution yeah but uh if you it really depends on the cops you know what i mean sometimes yeah. they'll stop you with the ticket sometimes they'll let you go sometimes it depends on how the cop is feeling that day you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm not trying to sound like a dick but you know every problem every country has their little policing issue you know um so the weed situation out here i'll tell you this for what i know is a lot of people do smoke weed. I mean, they have this whole system set up. So I'm assuming if this literally <laughs> this whole system set up, people must be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that scavenger hunt? How many, <laughs> how many days did it take you for you to find it? Was it two days? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two days to find it. And um, so basically <laughs> what happens is uh, you, there's this telegram and it's, you don't even talk to a person. It's a bot. You, you place the order with the bot, you send the money in. Also, this is like a complete trust-based thing. Like you just need to trust. Yeah, honor system, right? <laughs> You're just like, my homie told me that it works and he gets it. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna believe you. We're gonna try this out. Um, so we place the order and then you get um, like five, 10 minutes later, you play after the order, you get a set of coordinates that they send. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, they send you a coordinate and then a picture of like for me they sent me a picture of a tree. It's like uh, it was there, they're like, yeah, find that tree. And then there was like a at these coordinates. Yeah, coordinates. And then there was like a red circle and they're like, it should be somewhere there. So I was like, okay, well, they gave me the coordinates. It shouldn't be that difficult. You know, honestly, court that one spot of the coordinates is like they don't leave the weed above ground. Like they dig it into the ground. They buried it. Yeah. So like you're, there's a, like a radius around you that you have to like look for. And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like it's off the trail. <laughs> I did find the tree. I did find it. And honestly, I'll tell you this: finding the tree was easier than finding the coordinates. I'm like, yeah, no, that's the tree. That's definitely the tree. Um, From the picture, right? <laughs> yes. But uh, once you, once I, I the first day, I, I started like digging around and shit. And I couldn't find anything. I went back to my friend in the car. I was like, this has to be a joke. Like, this is a joke. You guys are fucking with me, right? Like, this can't be real. And he's like, no, this is this is really real. 
Oh, it's out there. Keep looking. Keep looking. I was like, are you fucking kidding? And so I spent like 30 minutes looking and then we left and I hit them back up because I was, I, I was like, at this point, I didn't smoke already for a while. I don't smoke as often as you guys see me on my Instagram because, you know, it's just weed is not as accessible here. But also, I do need to be clear headed when I'm working with kids. So at that point, I was like, yeah, you know, I've been searching for 30 minutes. I don't need it that bad. Whatever. So I contacted them, the people, the telegram, and I was like, uh, can we get the money back? And they're like, no, but they sent me another picture <laughs> where it was. And like the part that's actually confusing me is like the picture was so much clearer and I don't know to understand why they didn't send me that in the first place. The first picture? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why did I have to ask for it on the second day? Like, right. Especially since they had the picture available. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, all right. Yeah, they didn't go back and take another one. They could have just sent you all the pictures they took of it at the time they took the picture. I don't but the picture was, I mean, the picture was kind of useful, but not really. I just, when I went back, I just dug at the part that I was, I didn't dig yesterday and I, I, I found it finally. But God. Oh my God. But God damn, let me tell you, it wasn't bad. It's good weed. I'm never doing that. It was again, good but it was. I'm never doing it again. But it was <laughs> like that. How much did That's you buy? Was mission. it like an eighth, a half eighth? Like, like three grams three grams yeah and on top of it was that, like a little ball not... like a saran wrapped ball right that they, do, they like yeah. buried it's, down there it's crazy can you imagine go... if a critter would have found it and took that shit? it's crazy to go from like it's illegal you gotta find a plug to go cop and then go on that mission to cop the bud to then it being recreational and you or to it go being medical and then you getting the card and then going recreational and then everybody having a chance and then going back even before your plug, because this is some fucking Stone Age shit, and then having to like, <laughs> God, what? It's like so many. It, it's not even Stone Age because at least they're like they're doing it through Telegram. You know, you have that technology piece, and it's just like they're just being smart, where they're not gonna get caught with the, doing the oh, exchange. Yeah, they're doing everything. Yeah, I mean, they're covering <laughs> the tracks for real. That they do it is like, don't think you place an order and then someone's going to the woods to dig it for you. What they did was probably like a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, they went into the woods and they dug all these holes and they put it in there. And now they have the pictures in the coordinates of exactly where it is. That's how you get the location like 10, 15 minutes after paying. Oh my God, that oh, makes sense. Damn. So they have like preemptive, like little stashes of weed. They're like, oh, okay, well, we usually get about 20 orders these days and let's put like that but then how long could the weed be that's what i was thinking i was like yeah so sometimes the weed is just sitting out there (laughs) (laughs) buried well but it's back in can you imagine if there's like a seed in one of them and one of them never gets picked and it eventually somehow germinates and starts growing a plant (laughs) (laughs) someone would be getting in trouble (laughs) for real (laughs) that'd be funny though so yeah, that was a process, but nonetheless, I found an easier way to find weed. This is going to sound so stereotypical, but apparently if you want to find weed in Ukraine, just go up to the guy who has dreadlocks and a 420 tattoo. Oh my. That's, hey, that makes sense. It's like the 7-Eleven. Uh, it's like here, you'd stand outside and have 7-Eleven, wait till you see somebody <laughs> buying blunts Just ask something. someone working at 7-Eleven, any 7-Eleven in America, <laughs> they'll know something. Right? So yeah, this guy, he now I have a new weed plug. Um, and his weed's good. And it's so much, much easier plug. <laughs> much easier, yeah. They don't do deliveries here. They will never come and deliver you weed. 
that's like yeah like, you can literally be i'll pay you literally 50 extra bucks and they'll be like nah fuck you they're not delivering because that's like no, like no way that's like risky that's so risky. risky like i'll tell you this i was smoking on my balcony the other day and my neighbor opened the window and they're like wow that smells really good like you want to smoke and to me i'm like i don't know dude you might be a cop that might be giving you weed like i don't i can't risk that like it's yeah it's risky here damn that's true because even just giving it to them for free you could get in trouble like if you're not selling it yeah yeah, yeah that's just you gotta be super careful super like if you're gonna give people weed you better know them I feel like the only reason people are okay with giving me weed is because I'm a Ukrainian with a thick American accent. So like, yeah, I speak to them in Ukrainian. I still have an American accent. You know what I mean? So they're like, okay, this guy, this, this guy's clearly not from here. Right. Yeah. I'll say this one time, someone did give me a hard time and they asked me if I was a cop and I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm a cop <laughs> perfectly learned how to speak English just so I can get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Learned how to speak perfect English in an American accent. Because I know a lot of, I work with a lot of Ukrainian people at my company, and they all speak really good English, English but they definitely have an accent. Definitely have an accent, right? So, yeah, I, I got scammed by that guy. <laughs> how old were you when you came to America from Ukraine? I was four. Four. Yeah, I was adopted from there. Uh, but my parent, my mom is Ukrainian. So I was adopted by a Ukrainian American. She was born in America. Her whole family was born in Ukraine. So fortunately, I never lost the culture. And um, that's amazing. The U.S. has a really large Ukrainian diaspora. So there's like, especially in New York. So like every weekend, I went to Ukrainian school. I went to Ukrainian dance classes. I went to Ukrainian scouting. Like if I forgot my if I forgot my language, my mom literally would kill me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, so very, do you like, speak Ukrainian and Russian or just Ukrainian? Just Ukrainian. And I will never be learning how to speak Russian. Because a lot of the Ukrainians that I work with speak speak both languages. And how is that? I have a question. Are like the Russian Ukrainians and the ones that you work with, are they willing to stop speaking Russian and only speak Ukrainian or are they still? I don't know because they only speak to me in English, you know, uh, but I know that a lot of the thing is, my company is kind of funny. It's like the owner is a Russian Ukrainian. Um, like I, th I think one parent is Russian, one parent's Ukrainian. Mm. And we have a lot of Ukrainian employees and a lot of Russian employees. Mm. So it's, it's, and we have people from all over and on like from Moldova and from, you know, all those little countries all around there working at our company since the owners, um, you know, try to, you know, give people jobs when they come over and stuff. So, I've a lot of people a lot of our employees are like sponsoring their family to come over here so like I work in the HR department so there's a lot of letters that you have to write you know certifying yeah they have a job here so that they can sponsor their family to come over mm -hmm. yeah I know like right now in Lviv like the city that I'm not even just probably in Ukraine there's a very huge anti-Russian sentiment so like people who are speaking Russian here they get a really bad like they're not, it's not good for them right now. So like in the view if you're not, if you're not learning how to speak, I get Indian, it. then people do not treat you well. And I'm not trying to be a dick, but yeah, it's kind of like going back to like, um, to be honest with you, if someone spoke to me in Russian, I wouldn't want to have a conversation with them either. Mm -hmm. 
I wouldn't. I, I mean, it makes sense. It's traumatic. They're, yeah, you guys, they're your, your enemy. People have they're invading right. you right now. Exactly. So yeah. it's uh, and it's like, but people talk about that all the time. They're like, they've said some crazy things. They're like, you know, if that person still hasn't learned how to speak Russian, and I mean, if that person still hasn't learned how to speak Ukrainian, and all they do is speak Russian, then you know what? We have to feed them to the Russians and shit like that. So like, <laughs> it's like a really bad anti-Russian sentiment. I'll be honest. Yeah, they're That's like what it is. It feels like you have a spy amongst you. Yeah. <laughs> but I get, I mean, honestly, I feel, I, I, I don't think, no, we shouldn't like be mortally punishing people. But I do think that if you are a Ukrainian right now and you're living in Ukraine, you should be doing everything you can to be speaking Ukrainian language and not Russian. You know what I mean? That's like, it's like, like us in solidarity. It's like it's about, mm -hmm. yeah. It's like a, a solidarity thing. It's like if Mexico attacked the U.S. and like everybody just started speaking Spanish, it wouldn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think we could stop speaking Spanish though if Mexico decided to invade the U.S. Yeah. or Cuban. You know, yeah. so it's like well, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not assuming you guys. Are yeah. Mexican, but I'm just saying because Mexico is right. No, but I get it. I understand the yeah, analogy. Right. right. Because there's a lot of Spanish speakers in the U.S. There's like. A yeah, a lot. But it's like if you're an American. But people would be pissed if they heard us speaking in Spanish when we're being invaded by a, a you know well, Spanish speaking people, company. They're already pissed yeah, hearing Americans, us speak Spanish. Here. Right. <laughs> Americans that can't Americans that only speak English get really upset when they hear any other language other than uh English sometimes. So you can't really even avoid it. Yeah, that's you know. True. I took a I took a speech class uh, where the lady uh, the teacher basically was like, oh, what a, what is someone who's trilingual? How many languages they speak? And everybody's like three. Someone else. And then she goes, oh, what is a bilingual? How many languages they speak? And everybody's like two. And she's like, OK, what do you call someone who only speaks one language? And everybody's like, what? And she's like, American. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's actually and I was like, oh, snap. No, I mean, I we are American. <laughs> That's just funny, though. We're bilingual Americans. Well, because the, 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 the whole the whole conversation was like living in America, an American going to a business and having someone working there speaking to them in Spanish. And oh, how like, oh, making a big deal out of it. And like, I get it. I get I get the sentiment of like, hey, you're in America. But at the same time. Or people getting upset that some jobs require you to be bilingual in like Spanish and oh, English right. because maybe it's in a certain area that serves a lot of that community. It's like, yeah, that's nonsense. I don't. There, Americans. Yeah, I. We're one of the few. I, I agree. We're one of the very few countries who think who don't see um, a positivity in knowing more than one language. To me, yeah, and I know I know multiple languages, so I don't I don't really have to worry about that. But also, when you do know multiple languages, your brain works in. Uh, in a better capacity because you're literally you get exposed to more things every, everything naturally everything that's going on to your head you're learning you're going you're living through two different cultures you know what i mean so like in my head yes like i see this bottle as as a bottle of water but i'm also like reading it in ukrainian for the, what it is so, you know so you're seeing it in like an american culture and english culture and you're also seeing it in ukrainian culture so your 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 brain is literally comprehending two two completely opposite things and putting them together and making it make sense so genuinely people who do speak multiple languages tend to be a little bit smarter <laughs> well let's not gloat but i think so too <laughs> no well but it also it brought it, it expands your horizons you get to have more relationships you get to have you know and and just like you were saying a lot of people don't know what's going on over there 
Uh, so they need you, people like you, to come and tell them about that because we're not exposed to it. Like in America, we're not exposed to as many things as we like. I love unless diversity. we expose ourselves to it. Right. Like, like we yeah. find, get seek out the information. Of, exactly. Get yourself Your TikTok out of algorithm. <laughs> you the do out that you're an informed person. Starts right. giving you more world news instead of just like your area news. Yeah. Local. <laughs> I'm gonna expand your horizons. <laughs> Did you guys have more questions about my time in Ukraine or anything? Yeah, um, I, I actually I saw one of your videos. the The city that you're in right now, um, that's the one you were you were born in, and you were in the orphanage there. Yep. And w one of the orphanages or orphanage, excuse me, that you're you're assisting is actually the one that you were adopted from, right? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience, how that felt going back there, and now helping the kids that are there now? Yeah, I mean, it feels good. I, I, it's, it's, it's such a complicated, it's it's out of- It's loaded. It's, Mixed it's, it's emotions. Complicated uh, feeling. Yeah, there's a there's a lot going on because I think if I came in a different time, it would be, it would feel different. But now I feel like I'm here out of necessity. You know, like my people need me, my country need me. That's why I'm here. And that's why I'm like helping these kids. So that will like, yeah, I don't, I really, I wish I can give you like a direct like answer as to how it feels. But when I tell you that I'm feeling 50 different emotions at one time all day, it, that's what it is. It's sometimes I feel really excited. Sometimes I feel really sad. Sometimes I'm like really hopeful. And sometimes I'm like, what the fuck can I do? You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's overwhelming. But I'll, I'll say this. It's, um, it's definitely helping me like reconnect with who I was. And it's definitely helping me reconnect with my identity because I don't know, you guys see, I have a pretty large profile. And honestly, when you live life on social media, sometimes you lose a piece of yourself. Sometimes you lose a piece of your identity. So this is definitely helping me reconnect with who I am and where I'm from. And I mean, like, I love weed and everything, but my my personality is not weed, you know? And if, right. So it's it's kind of growing out of that and finding out who you want to be. So I don't know, dude, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. It's just. Dude's cool. <laughs> I have no problem with that. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a, it's a mixed bag of emotions. I'm happy. I'm sad. But honestly, while I'm here, to be honest with you, the most is, uh, it's just like every day is just riddled with anxiety. And I, it's just like, yeah. I mean, all I can think of with the kids is what I can do for them and how I can help them. But to be honest with you, have I been happy since I've been in Ukraine? No. I can only, I mean, imagine you, how, it's loaded. Not only are you going back at a time where it's like, it's, it's bad out there, but you're reconnecting to your country. You're, it's so many things going on. Reliving your childhood, basically like those, you know, the traumas of, you right. know, Living, creating new trauma because leaving that place that you knew to go to a whole other country you probably are reliving all that and then like you see the children that are probably around the age you were when you were there right and how can so you that not be affected by stir that. up so much right yeah so i mean i'm not telling you i'm not miserable here i'm not miserable yeah it's not i'm it's like shadow work yeah i'm not i'm not happy I'm definitely not unhappy it's just like now to be honest with you i'm at a stage Especially when I'm here in Ukraine, at a, it's what I'm going through and what I'm feeling is it's it's I have to put that to the side. I really do. 
because if I want to help, if I want to be a part of the community and my emotions and what I'm feeling, it, it doesn't compare to what actually the Ukrainian citizens and people are going through. So I have to put everything that I'm going through in my head to the side. I have to hold my head up strong and just keep pushing forward. And then maybe one day I really, I, I'm dreading this, but one day when I'm back in the United States, I'm definitely going to have to process everything that's going on here. But for me, I'll be honest with you right now, it's just easier to just get through my day and do what I can to help who I can and not worry about how I'm feeling. You know what I mean? I'm strong enough that I don't, I, it's like, I've gone, I've had a tumultuous life. I've, there's been so many things that have happened to my life that have happened to me in my life that it's, I'm good at compartmentalizing things until I need to reopen that. You know what I mean? And right now, what's if that's what you feel is going to help you get through the moment, you have to do what's going to help you. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's helping me get through the moment is helping, is helping my country is helping my people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's knowing the, the effect you're, you're having for those kids right there. And, and you're, I saw that you guys, you have the dental program. You also have a donation program to give directly to the soldiers and uh, for humanitarian aid as well. So the easiest way that our listeners could help would be going what to travacompany.com yes. and donating there. It's uh, yeah, it's trava.company. That is the website. Trava company. Um, we have three packages that you can buy. They're all $100. Um, we do realize that $100 is also like a lot of money. So people, obviously, if you can't donate that much, we also do have the Travel Foundation Venmo set up as well. And that's basically for any foundation on Venmo, it basically just tracks like all the money that we get so everybody can see what we're doing and everything. So if you guys want to donate in smaller denominations, you can always hit our Venmo. Um, we're also looking for help too. We have a lot going on. And if you can't, if you can't, help financially, then you can help us with your brain. You can help us with your, with your time and your time, yeah, shit like that. Um, sorry, not shit like that. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> we curse. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. You can help us with your time because right now is it's all hands on deck. It's not like mm -hmm. the war is next year. The war is now these kids are all suffering now. So right now it's all hands on deck. And I think somebody asked me the other day is like, why did we choose to work with the orphanages first and it's 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 kind of like right now ukraine is a whole beast it's a it's a whole beast and inside that beast there's babies you know what i mean and mm -hmm. the orphanage itself is a beast as well and so there's only so many things that you can do at once but you have to pick something and you have to just conquer it you have to go through that and you have to conquer it first and then move on to the next step so that's why we're working with the kids first because and yeah it's just your strategy, though, you had said it earlier where it's like we're trying to uh, get all the resources for them to grow up and to be empowered to hopefully make a change and make a bigger difference. So maybe your change is a, is a small, small, might be a small difference. But what you're doing is you're branching it out into all those children and giving them the resources and giving them the power and the confidence they need to then hopefully go out there and and make it a better place. So it multiplies what you're doing yeah so they can rebuild their country because they, they're yeah, gonna grow up nothing they, it, that's what's happening right now but the war keeps on going on they're gonna grow up and there's ukraine's not gonna be left yeah 
thank you guys so much for having me i do appreciate it. thank you for coming yeah, and for being you. such a positive uh like role in the community role in our community showing you know we're not just stoners getting high we're stoners that make a fucking difference yeah we're making a change <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you that's so nice of you guys to say i appreciate that all right and that was our interview with yarema you can find him on instagram at your ma like like one two three four five six a's uh or at trava foundation or at yar Meezy on tiktok on tiktok and then trava.company is the website this is him and that at the orphanage uh with the kids and I thought this was really cute. So I wanted to share. So, so this past week I had the fortune of visiting the orphanages. I grew up in Lviv, Ukraine. I have learned a lot about myself. And in turn, I have learned about the difficult conditions the kids in Ukrainian orphanages are growing up in, especially during wartime. The amazing staff give us give as much love and attention to these kids as they can, but they still need help. Trava Foundation is raising funds to provide these children with proper dental care and healthier, brighter smile. I have attached the links in my bio. And so if you can go to his page, if you're able to give anything to his organization, I think that's great. Using weed to raise money for yeah, positive and awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our show. We really appreciate your ears and your time. Our patrons, we love you. A big, big thank you to you guys. <laughs> I don't know. I do the best I can. <laughs> yes, thank you so much to our in the rotation and OG patrons. Destiny. Christy. Denise. Peaches. Meredith. Natalie. Angelina. Jenny. Catherine. Jay. Chrissy. Jesse. Diane. Gabby. And Leslie. Thanks we so love much, you guys. guys. Love you guys. And everybody else. We love you too. Thank you for making it this far. If you're still here listening to us, yeah, please subscribe. subscribe, rate, hit review, the like button, share, become a patron, go to our website, yeah. and we'll see you guys Shake next week. Shake your butt. <laughs> love you. Bye. <laughs>